95.7 Ben FM presents Her Story with Kathy Romano. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. Good morning and welcome to Her Story. I'm your host, Kathy Romano. Today's guest is the creator and founder of Help Us Adopt. After several rounds of IVF, Becky Fawcett became a mom through adoption. What she found through the process was that it not only comes with a large price tag, but it can also be a bit discriminatory. So Help Us Adopt was created to financially help couples or individuals, regardless of ethnicity, gender, marital status, race, religion, or sexual orientation. Since 2007, the nonprofit has awarded 580 adoption grants totaling over 5.3 million dollars. Becky is joining me today to share her story. Hi Becky. Hi Kathy, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming on with me. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here today. Now, are you in the area? Are you in the Philadelphia area? So, I am a Philadelphia native, born and bred and lived there my whole life. I do live in New York now. Um, New York City for the last 16 years, but I'm back in Philadelphia, always visiting friends and family that some people are convinced I didn't move away. Okay. So it's pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> You're born and raised here, but... I was just but... there last weekend. I was just there last weekend. So tell me your story and how you settled on adoption to become a parent. I mean, I think my story is not unique, but it was untold because no one wants to talk about infertility and miscarriage and failure at giving birth to a biological child, which a lot of people think it is. And, you know, I, I tried to start having a baby with my husband at the ripe old age of 31, which may have been too late. Who knew? We went pretty soon after we started trying, we realized that there was something wrong and we went straight to IVF. We did five rounds of IVF. I got pregnant three times and had three miscarriages. Oh, my gosh. Um, One was at 16 weeks, which the whole world knew about because I thought I was in the home stretch, you know, like you think you're out of the danger zone. So the whole world knew about that. And then the next one was at 12 weeks, which was a little easier to hide, but people still knew. And the last one was at 10 weeks, which I, I just couldn't even talk about. And, you know, we were a few things like for anybody who's listening, who's been through IVF or knows someone who's gone through it. It's just an awful process. It can have a beautiful ending, but there's nothing fun about the process. And it is very emotionally taxing. It's physically taxing. It's financially taxing. And so combine all those things and the fact that I was running out of money and I really wanted to become a mom, my husband and I decided that after that last miscarriage, we would adopt. If that one wasn't successful, we would adopt. And, you know, help us adopt really started to be born in that decision because we had exactly $40,000 left in our savings account, which is what an adoption costs. I had one of those aha moments, which everyone wants to know why, and I will never be able to tell you why. When I met with the adoption attorney and realized that it was going to take every penny in our savings account to bring our first child home through adoption, that was my moment. I realized how fortunate I was. I was going to spend all the savings, but it wasn't going to 
change my day-to-day life. I'd have to rebuild my savings, but I would still have my home. I would still have my job. I would still have a paycheck. Like our day-to-day life would stay the same. And that was really when I started thinking about how I could help people who might not be in this exact situation. So when you started IVF, did you have any idea it was going to end up costing you as much as it did? No, I mean, that's really the thing that I really like to talk about, because I didn't know anybody who IVF didn't work for. Everybody I knew who did IVF, it worked for. They had a successful pregnancy, and they gave birth to a child, and they moved forward as a mom. It never occurred to me, Kathy, that if I had the money to pursue it with what I considered the best doctor I could find, that it wouldn't work. It never occurred to me. Never, ever occurred to me. And I was so caught off guard by that. You know, now that I know so much more, I mean, my oldest, my daughter that I adopted is now 17. So I can't tell you how long. I guess it was 21 years ago that I first started trying to have a baby. I really like to talk about this because not that I want to be a pessimist. I never want to tell someone this is not going to work for you. But the facts are this. Even if you go to one of the most successful IVF clinics in our country, because there are many spread throughout the country and great ones in Philadelphia, there is a 50% chance that you will end up with a live birth. Those aren't good odds. I mean, you didn't have to go very far in math to know that a 50% is not good. It's not good. And I don't think anybody's aware of that. And so the answer is that I've started talking about, who's here to help the other 50%? Who's here to help those people talk about what the option is to become a parent? And again, adoption might not be for everybody, but there's no one talking about what happens if IVF doesn't work. I think that to go down a road, you know, with, what do they say, rose-colored glasses on, it's very disappointing when this doesn't work. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I cried so many. I think now at 52, I don't really cry that much because I think I let it all out when I'm in my 30s. (laughs) I think there's nothing left to give on the tear front. But um, I just think it's really important that we talk about this for those that are going through it so they have realistic expectations. Sure, sure. And you know what? I'm glad that you said um, adoption isn't for everyone because I've talked to people who are, you know, in a similar situation. They're deciding on whether or not they want to adopt. And I spoke to somebody who, in conversation with her, I knew it was not for her. The things that she was saying, I knew it wasn't for her. And I told her, I didn't tell her it wasn't for her. I told her it's not for everyone. And you have to think about this and talk to your partner about this because it's not for everybody. And I'm glad that you said that too. It's really important. You know, it's funny because now my life revolves around my work at Help Us Adopt. And some people think, you know, when I give speeches or they're introduced to me or they meet me along the road, they think I'm going to stand on the you must adopt soapbox. Right. And they think that I'm going to say, please don't have a biological child. Please only adopt. And I always tell them that is absolutely not my soapbox at all. At all. I think if your heart is in IVF, you should absolutely go down the road for IVF. I just want people to, and I'd be a hypocrite if I said anything otherwise, but I want people to be aware, right? And when people call me and they say, should I keep doing IVF? I'm like, well, what's, I hate to say it, but what's your bank account look like? 
And are your heart and your head on the same page? And maybe we can come up with a strategy that works for you. I don't know. But I talk people through all the options. The soapbox I am on every day is that through my work with Help Us Adopt, we have identified thousands of families that want to adopt, don't have all the funds necessary, and we're providing people an option to be involved in something that is pure good, is giving someone else their dream of family. It is really just one of those things that is like, if maybe you're not adopting, but maybe you want to help someone else, you know the struggle firsthand, and maybe you want to help someone else achieve their dream. So did you adopt once or twice? Twice. My oldest daughter, Jane, is 17, and my youngest daughter, Brooke, is 13. During the process of adopting or after you adopted that you decided to create Help Us Adopt? So it was after Jane. Jane was born in 2005, but she inspired this. (laughs) Help Us Adopt was founded in 2007, and Brooke came home in 2009. There are a number of different ways to adopt. You can go through agencies. You can go through children and youth services. What is it exactly that you guys do? I I never intended to start a nonprofit 17 years ago. I intended to find one. I'm a publicist by trade, and I intended to find an existing adoption grant program that I could take on as a pro bono client. But as you already mentioned, I was really blindsided by the amount of discrimination in the adoption grant world, primarily then and unfortunately still now. The existing adoption grant programs are religiously based, and they believe that a family is a white woman married to a white man. And that's just not how I see the world. And there were some other factors in how they structured their grant program that I wasn't really wild about. But it was really the discrimination that drove me to write the business plan for Help Us Adopt. And I I came into this world 17 years ago as the most inclusive adoption grant program, and we still are the most inclusive adoption grant program. And part of that inclusivity is encouraging families and supporting them to build the family they want to. So we support all types of adoption, domestic, foster to adopt, and international, and any country. We aren't specialized in saying you will only help you if you adopt from here or if you adopt this way, because I don't feel that that's help. I feel empowering these people to build their family that they want to is the help. And so that's really what we do. We sort of close the gap, right? So if an average adoption is $40,000 and someone applies to us and they say, we have $30,000 saved and we've come up with it this way, but we are $10,000 short and we have no idea how we're going to get to the finish line. And then they apply to us. And if we can help them, we award a $10,000 grant to help them close the gap and bring their child home. Okay. So it's on them to find the way that they are going to adopt. You are just financially helping them. Yes. The people who apply to us and the people we want to help are the people who are committed to adoption, whether they get our help or not, because that's who I want to help. I want to help people who are like, I don't care if this takes me two or three extra years to save this money. I want to adopt this child. I'm going to do everything in my power to do it. Now, if we can give them a grant and help them speed up that timeline, then that's wonderful. But we aren't startup money. We aren't middle-of-the-road money. We are the final piece of the puzzle. Are there any eligibility requirements? 
you have to have a valid home study and submit a tax return with your application to uh, verify your income. But that's it. So anybody can apply. How do they go about applying to receive a grant? Everything is transparently placed on our website, helpusadopt.org. And you can click on application and there's a whole section on our website about frequently asked questions. And then there's a page on just the process of applying. And then the application is digital on our website. You do not have to fill it out all at once. You can save your work as you go along. We've made it really easy. And for anybody who who is in the process of adopting or knows someone, we don't ask anything on our application that you haven't already been asked for your home study. We're just trying to get an idea of you and your family and your quest to become parents, or if you're a single parent, your quest to become a single parent. And we do give, besides the factual information in the application, we give every applicant the chance to submit a personal statement. And everybody always asks, what can I do to stand out? And I said, take your time with your personal statement. Really pour your heart out so we can get a view into who you are. So you're based in New York, but Help Us Adopt spans across the country. Yeah, we're national in scope in who we help. And we do help a lot of Philadelphia families over the years, which is great. We have families all over the country. And um, I will never forget once early on, when I, before I was able to hire employees, when I was still answering the phone, I answered the phone early one morning and it was crackling on the other end. And the person was like, hi, I'm stationed in Japan on a U.S. Army base. Is this the adoption grant program? And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is amazing that someone heard about us and, and Japan is calling. So that's an extension of, um, you know, we do ha- you have to be a U.S. citizen. But obviously, if someone is working for our government and stationed overseas, those applications are great, too. Do you know how many people you've helped? Well, we've helped to build over 580 families. Due to the thank you letters we get and thank you email letters, it's impossible to count. Now, when I first started this, I always thought we're helping the child and we're helping the parent, right? But I started getting thank you letters from grandparents saying, thank you so much for giving my daughter this grant. I I would have never become a grandmother. And then I started getting comments on Facebook, like, I'm so excited to be an aunt because of your grant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the ripple effect here. It's huge. Huge. We rewarded 580 grants, which means 580 families. So if people are interested in applying for this grant, they can go to your website. But what if somebody wants to help? They're not necessarily looking for a grant. Are there other ways that people can volunteer? Or obviously, I'm sure you take donations. Yes, we raise money to give it away. So that is the number one thing that we do. But you can find us all over social media on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And I am also on all these channels as well. And I always tell people, if you want to get involved in what we do, I'll actually answer a message if you send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. We're very transparent. We're easy to find. Uh, You can go on our website and read a little about us. And there's always the info email on Help Us Adopt. You know, we're accessible. And we would have never gotten this far in 17 years if we didn't have a lot of people involved. I mean, our first year, so when we first awarded money, 
I started the organization in 2007, raised money. We gave $100,000 away in 2008. And last year, we gave a million dollars away. Wow. So that is because of the power of people who have gotten involved in our work. It's incredible. And last year, we raised enough money to increase our grants again by 20%. So this year, 2023, we will be awarding $1.2 million in adoption grants. And do you often get families that you've helped come back to help the organization now? Yes. So we have a very strong... um, We call them to help us adopt family members. You know, I feel very personally connected to each and every of the 580 families. And we keep in touch with them. We email them on a regular basis. Some don't get involved. Some do. Some just send us pictures. Some actually become donors when their financial situation changes. Some do a lot of posting on social media about us, educating others about these grants that are available. And it's really wonderful when we do get an application that says, because we always ask, how did you hear about us? And it's wonderful when families say, I'm a friend of so-and-so, they got a grant from you in this year. And that's really great because all day, every day, all we're doing is trying to help people. And again, it takes an army to spread the message. You have a gala coming up in April. Is that something that the public can attend? Yes. So we have our New York City gala on April 26th. It's called Faces of Adoption. And the beautiful thing about this, the one silver lining that came out of COVID was that we had to take all of our big galas virtual. And what we realized was when we went online with a live event, how many friends and supporters we had across the country that wanted to be part of our events but couldn't because they're not geographically placed near Philadelphia or New York. So last year when we went back to a live event in person, we hired an AV team so that the programming part of the event is still live and projected on our Facebook page. We had over 450 national guests log in that night to watch our program online. And it was really wonderful. So we try to include everybody as best we can. So they can attend if they'd like. I mean, New York City is just a train ride away. But um, if not, then they can just go online. Yeah, you can go on and you can go online on our website and find out about tickets. And we also have a fall gala in Philadelphia every year because, um, Seriously, like my heart belongs to Philly. When I moved to New York, I launched Help Us Adopt, gosh, probably six to eight months after I'd moved to New York, and I didn't know anyone. So helpusadopt.org was launched by my network in Philadelphia. That's who raised that first $130,000 my first year. And it's amazing. And so I have board members that are in Philadelphia. We do this event once a year, and I will always be very loyal to my uh, home in Philly. Do you have a date for the fall gala? The fall gala, I believe, is in October. Everything's always on our website and our social media. Okay, great. All right. Um, And before you go, I ask this to uh, most of my guests. If you could give our listeners one bit of advice, what would you say to them? Oh, you're going to make me emotional. Um, Gosh, one piece of advice. Well, never give up on your dream. I had to be a mother. Had to. And it was hard. And adoption, even if you have the money to pay the bills, 
is a really hard process at points. And I'm so glad I stuck with it twice. Perfect. Becky, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Kathy, thanks so much for having me on. For more information about Help Us Adopt, to donate or to get a ticket to the gala, you can visit their website. All of the information is listed there. It's helpusadopt.org. And if you missed any part of Becky's interview, it will be available as a podcast tomorrow morning on our website, 957benfm.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Kathy Romano. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been Her Story with Kathy Romano. Her Story is produced by WBEN-FM in Philadelphia and airs weekly or on demand on your mobile device. Listen or subscribe at 957benfm.com.